You are now listening to the Claim It Podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. On this podcast, I have conversations with people who intrigue and inspire me. We get into the journey of their life, the ups and the downs, how they got to where they are today, and how they get through the day today. Because I believe that our feelings of enoughness, success, fulfillment, worth, being loved, being lovable, are not out there somewhere. Once I have this job, once I have this book deal, once I have this relationship, income, whatever it is, then I will feel enough, worthy, valuable, successful. That's not how it works. If we keep putting it out there somewhere, we will keep on chasing those feelings. So it's great to chase your dreams, but you've got to be able to claim your worth, fulfillment, enoughness in the now, moment to moment. On today's episode, I have Talia Pollock. She is a brand new author. Her book is coming out this week called Party in Your Plants. She is a boldness speaker and a comedian chef. I love Talia so much. I love her energy. I love where we got into in this conversation um, and some things that like it had me remembering about like this inner confidence and boldness that you have to have even like in sometimes like ordering a meal at a restaurant. (laughs) You'll see what I'm talking about. And uh, let's just get straight into the episode. Oh, please Remember to subscribe to the podcast, and I would love it if you would leave a review. And if you do, screenshot it, send it to podcast at yourjoyologist.com, and I'll send you a little gift from my product line. All right, here we go. I remember my first like meeting you virtually was I feel like you were building your first website for Party in My Plants. Is that right? And you, yeah, I I feel like you reached out to me somehow because you liked my website at the time, which was a previous website form. But then I, um, yeah, I was like, what is this person? Because of course, like party in my plants is such (laughs) cute and clever and fun (laughs) name. So I remember being like intrigued, like, who is this person? What is she up to? (laughs) So let's start there. You, when you're building your first website for party in my plants, What were you doing? What were you up to in your life? Like, what made that happen? Man, well, that was a very long time ago. That was 2013 when I originally launched my first website, which feels like a million years ago. Um, I had been in a multi-year long inner seesaw struggle between two worlds that I was so equally passionate about. I had my wellness world, which I stumbled into upon uh, struggling with my health for over eight years. And I got healthy. I took control of my wellness. And I just dove into the green juice Kool-Aid, went to culinary school, became a health coach, the whole thing. I was obsessed. Meanwhile, I was also an aspiring comedian and humor writer. And these two worlds did not seem to go together. The wellness world was all about, you know, going to bed at 9 p.m. with your mantras. And the comedy world was doing sets at 9 p.m. in bars. And it just didn't seem to go together. So I kept like, you know, dipping a toe in each one or a foot, you know, like I went to culinary school and then worked in a restaurant in a vegan restaurant. That was a foot in that. Then I left that and worked for David Letterman. That was a foot in the other one, you know, but I couldn't, 
find a way. And I just felt like whatever lane I picked, I was cutting off a foot. This is a metaphor I've not used before, but I really like it. (laughs) And so finally, I gave myself like a timeline. I was like, listen, by, you know, eight months at Letterman, you need to have a decision. You have to pick one avenue because you can't just keep going back and forth the rest of your life. You'll never get any. Can't. I can't choose. So I decided to combine the two and create Party in My Plants, which was a humorous approach to health. I love it. And there's going to be so many things we're going to need to get into in that brief. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, what what was going on with your own health that led you to finding like healing yourself through what you're putting in your body and how you're taking care of yourself. Cause I think like, that's me too. Like I found it from, you know, I was like, went to all sorts of doctors, finally got diagnosed with fibromyalgia. They gave me pills. It didn't help. So then it was like, became like, I'm taking this in my own hands and like, you know, like, yeah. And and yeah, then it becomes like, oh my gosh, wow. Like you can really change how you feel in your body by what you eat or don't eat. Like, Literally, that's it. That's and then your life opens up and your mind is blown and you can't ever unsee that and for you. So what were what was happening in your body? So for me, I felt really off for the majority of my life and my it was a lot of my digestion. My digestion issues were horrible. They were wrecking havoc on every aspect of my life because when you feel horrible every day that then bleeds into destroying your confidence you know stealing your energy compromising your positivity it led to depression and because your gut you know really affects your entire being um my digestive issues that went just undiagnosed for eight years really affected my immune system which led to like just during college when you want to be thriving you know i was getting like weird infections like ear infections and i got herpes on my oh, eyebrow goodness. and like my body was just like screaming at me and i wanted to answer it but i didn't know what it wanted cuz i had seen multiple gastroenterologists and naturopathic doctors and nutritionists and acupuncturists and hypnotherapists and everyone under the sun to try to help me heal my stomach. And all that I got after the poop test and the blood test and the breath test was you have IBS, which just means like we've ruled out everything else. And like, here's your life sentence. You're going to, you know, struggle That's for the a, rest yeah. of your life. That's we like don't know how to help like, you. There's this word of like undiagnosis we can give you. <laughs> you have a lot of things wrong with yes. you. <laughs> Yes. Like, good luck. Bye. Um, And so I thought really I was fated for the rest of my life of being sick. I really could not imagine, you know, because I was in college at the time when it got really, really bad, which I later learned was also because stress obviously makes it so much worse, which no one told me. And so I was in college, like falling apart. And I just remember like trying to envision my wedding day and, and, and wondering how I could ever get married if I didn't know if I'd be too bloated or sick that day in my dress or how I could ever have a nice, you know, night on my wedding night, if I just needed to take a bath because I was so sick. Like I just saw my life ahead of me as a sick, depressed, you know, 
broken person. And I went on my journey to become a comedian. Cause well, what no, I mean, but that's what I was like, do? what were you studying in college? Cause that's actually, I feel like now I can see that that's something that really helped me is that I had a passion and that that kept me mm. going because I was miserable oh, in that. But yeah. I was like it. And I, you know, I almost did commit suicide at a point and I was just sort of like, I'm going to try life a different way. And that it was sort of like, then that means I believe in myself. I don't, I have to pay more attention to what, how, what I think about things and other people and stop trying so hard to fit in and please others. And, and I didn't even think I was doing that, but as a 15 year old, I like I was and like, just like allowing myself really to go for my dream, which was for me to be a sound engineer. And like that for me, I put myself so into that so that even though I was miserable, I had like something that was keeping me alive. So was that like, that's amazing. What, that's what I was going to ask you. Like you were in college. Were you, were you interested in something or were you just in the college experience? That's a really good question and a really good point. I think if I had just been like undecided, you know, like econ or whatever, like I think I would have been uh, like lost cause, but I was obsessed with humor writing obsessed. I remember the first day I realized that I could, I wanted to write funny things was I was already in school to be a magazine journalism major. And I went to Syracuse and Newhouse school of journalism, public communications. And I was sitting waiting to in like the lobby, waiting to go to my magazine journalism class to get told again, like, you know, you have to be more on top of the facts. You need to write, you know, sor- cite your sources better. Like kind of like stop being creative and be more attentive to facts. That was what the feedback I was getting a lot. And I remember I was just sitting there waiting to go to class. And on the floor in front of me was um, the newspaper, the school paper. And it was open on the floor. And it, the title of an article I saw said, Everybody becomes a doctor when I get sick. And I chuckled. I'm like, that's true. And I picked it up and I read this piece of this guy was writing. And as I was reading it about how like he called his mom from college and like she was like, honey, you got to do this. And then his like roommate was like, no, you got to do that. And I was laughing. I felt like my next thought he then wrote on paper, like we were completing each other's sentences. And I just closed that feeling like that that's what I want to write. I want to write words that make other people's struggles and experiences feel less weird, help people feel less alone. Oh my God, what is this? And the byline said he was the humor columnist. So I'm like, this is it. This is what I want to do. So I switched my major to television and film, which allowed me to have more freedom and, you know, write humor. And I sought that position as the humor columnist. I actually got that guy to Amazing. mentor me. He was so kind. And I got the column after a few, you and know, tries. was the column? Like in, in the It was in our paper, school paper. Yeah. Which was, that you, was in yeah, your school yeah. paper that he found, that you found yeah, that? Yeah, Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And I was just obsessed. Like all I would do was read like David Sedaris and Chelsea Handler, like they're amazingly hilarious writing and I would just try it. And so I do think that that got me through, you know, it brought some sunshine to my really struggling dark times. And it also fortuitously led me to the solution, which was, my junior year of college, I got an internship for Adam Sandler's production company wow. in LA. 
And I'm from the East Coast. I'd never been to LA. So it was my semester abroad. So it felt like another country. <laughs> and I was um, doing the internship. And in my free time, I was like really absorbing this wellness world because new LA people are so <laughs> ahead of the times. My mom always said trends start in LA and then they come East. And so I was going to spin classes. I learned about colonics. I went to all these woo-woo like healers that would like touch my body and tell me what supplements I needed. And I was just desperate to keep finding a solution. So one day after I was at one of those woo-woo places asking, um, I was checking out to buy all these supplements to heal my parasites (laughs) and this and that. I told the receptionist like, hey, I'm hungry. And she's like, oh, you should go across the street. There's this place called Planet Raw and they make this amazing coconut smoothie. Your face right yeah, now. I used yeah, to, Planet Raw. I'm like, I, it, Planet Raw, that's the, um, it's in Santa Monica, right? Or it was, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh it's my smelled, God, yes, yeah. that was my favorite. I used to like, yeah, there we go, Juliano. Please. I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, that was my stop. Like as soon as I landed in LAX, went straight there. Oh my oh. God, he had that like the milk, like oh chocolate, <laughs> coffee, like milkshake yes. like thing. Yeah, yes. and those cheesy noodles with a like, kelp noodle. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, that place it was, was oh, so good. <laughs> I know. So I I waltz over and she had said, get the coconut smoothie. So I go in and I say, Hey, can I get the coconut smoothie? And you know, it's a very like hippie dippy place. Very it was. It's very typical, like Yeah, but it's like kind of like upscale hippie. So it can even if you're a hippie, like it's a place you can definitely walk in and feel like, Do I belong here? I think no matter what hippie level you are. Yes, agreed. Yeah, and for me, it's like East Coast girl. I was like, what? I don't even know what this is. So I'm like, I'll have the coconut smoothie, please. They hand it to me, and it's this, uh, you know, this creamy, white, thick, frothy thing. And I look at it and I say, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I can't do dairy. It upsets my stomach. And the guy at the register goes, like, sweetie, this is a vegan smoothie. I didn't know what vegan meant. I had no idea what this word was, but I didn't want to cause a scene. I already felt, you know, uncomfortable. So I just took it, sat on a bench outside. And for the first time in over eight years, I consumed something that did not make me Wow. And I was like, what is this vegan thing? What is this? And I ate as often as I could at Planet Raw and I did my internship. And when I wasn't at Planet Raw or my internship, I was at Barnes and Noble with a yellow legal pad in the vegan section transcribing recipes, information, everything about veganism and eating plants because there was no blogs, really. There was no Instagram, you know, no podcasts. Like it was like uncharted territory. And so I I became obsessed and I really saved my health by eating all the plants and doing wow. all the stuff. And you like were totally feeling the changes in your body. Yeah. Yeah, almost wow. instantly. I mean, it changed everything. I had energy. And, and you know, I, I just didn't feel sick every day. And my whole being opened up. And then your mind opens up. And, you know, it's like it changed yeah. everything. And I, remember, yeah. I think it's like it's hard to sometimes remember how cloudy and I think in how much pain everybody actually feels. And that like everybody just gets used to it. And I, or they don't know any better. I I remember, (laughs) so I had all sorts of different pains and stuff with fibromyalgia. And I, and I went, I used to have really bad migraines. So I went to a chiropractor when I was in high school and it helped. And then when I was living, I was living in Chicago, Mm -hmm. going to college and being a sound engineer at House of Blue Chicago. And I had like some flare ups. So I found a chiropractor there and um, Mm -hmm. 
this guy like kept asking me questions about how I felt <laughs> and I hated it because I didn't mm. want to pay attention to how bad I felt. You know, like, wow. I would be like in tears. Like he'd be like, so what's different? And how about this? Like, I, I, I think I stopped going to this very caring, amazing chiropractor because I didn't want to focus how, how bad I felt. <laughs> and at that time yeah. I was, I don't think I had found, no, I didn't find yoga until later. I don't think I was like, I was like eating healthy, but not because I think I was still like on the like fat free mm -hmm. train. So I think I was like red vines and a diet Dr. Pepper. Are there such a good lunch? <laughs> you know, or, like, that's not bad I for was, like, cooking like stuff. Um, <laughs> but again, yeah, I was, I was like healthier. I ate like pretty healthy stuff, but then at the same time, I still thought that those things were like part of healthy. <laughs> But so I yeah, hadn't found totally. my nutritional stuff and like hadn't found yoga yet, but I would like force myself to exercise. And because after like 15 minutes of pain, I would suddenly feel good. But yeah, like I just, mm -hmm. um, I think that most of us don't realize how terrible we actually feel. <laughs> I could not agree more. And I could not agree it. more. Like, and you can get used to anything. I know. One of, or you don't know that there's right, another way. I've, I can sometimes I slip mean, back into yeah. like some things of not taking the best care of myself. And then I just forget. And that's like my normal. And then it'll be like, oh, remember mm. if you do these things, how you can feel yeah. <laughs> like because it all just no. becomes you just are used to the terribleness and forget that there can be. It's so true. <laughs> It's so true. And it's so sad because there's so many people that aren't doing the things they could do to feel so much better and just be so much better than, I mean, if you feel good, you're going to just show up better in every aspect of your life. And I guess there was just some voice inside of me that, that just knew there's a better way. There is a way to live your life that's not just dark and not just black and not just bedridden and not just negative. There, there's sunshine and you just got to keep going until you find it. And in LA, in a smoothie, I found it. But then I went back to the non-sunshiny land of Syracuse to finish school. And now here I am with my dehydrator, my, my high-speed blender, my, you know, my recipes for making your own almond milk because there was, you couldn't go to a grocery store or gas station buy almond to get coconut water. I would crack open coconuts, scrape out the meat, then use the meat to make ice cream like this. I was a college student dehydrating kale and granola. And I felt like the biggest weirdo in the entire world. I deactivated from my sorority. I started taking online classes from my on-campus apartment because I was too... Oh shame online classes for your like, actual college i thought you meant you were like taking online nutritional yes. classes or something no wow so you nope. became like really I was withdrawn just too ashamed. totally i call i became a health and a wow. hermit i because i felt like okay well i guess i have to choose between my my health and my happiness you know like mm. i would go with family to where my family's from Pittsburgh and tailgating those Steelers games is like church. And so I would go to these tailgates with my family there and they would make me feel like such an alien or such a burden for asking to go, you know, get some kombucha. So I had something to drink or, you know, there was a tailgate where I made my own nacho cheese so I could have my own nachos that didn't make me sick. And, and I just, I felt like eye roll, I saw eye rolls and I felt like such an outcast and, and so insecure. And I just, I really seemed like you had to choose wow. one or the other.
health or happiness. And so I graduated healthier, but more unhappy than ever. And it was awful. That is interesting because I then like, you know, did get very much into, yes, I, you know, stopped eating gluten in 2004. And I was like, green smoothies and juicer. And I, at that time, then like on tour as a sound engineer in the rock and roll world, you're talking about comedy being different. I can see where comedy would be even like harder, but like, yeah, yeah. Like I was on tour and like, yeah, it's like pizza, beer, like everybody was living a totally different mm-hmm. lifestyle than me drinking soda all day. I had a juicer. I went, did yoga before this. Yes. But same story. I had this like really firm self-confidence from when I chose to live that and I didn't and I didn't counsel anybody else about like you should be doing this or you would feel better or whatever. I just was like, this is me. And I drank my green smoothies and I did my yoga and people would be like, and I at that time I never drank coffee and um whatever. Uh-huh. And I just did me and I didn't judge them for their choices. And I if anybody tried to judge me, then I was just with my mantra of the only judge of me is me and the only person who can make you feel inferior is yourself, which were like my go-to mantras. Yes. And um and so I was able to persevere and then soon and like enough the truck then soon enough I'm making green smoothies for like the whole entire tour because they're like, well, why yes. does Trisha? And then I get back from tour and all these guys that would make fun of me at the sound company I worked for. All of a sudden they're like, oh, I started doing yoga because my back hurts. It really helped. Like, you know, like these like guys that are wearing all black and oh. the scruffy beards and the like got a yes. beer belly and everything like now then they're telling me that they're doing yoga now because it helped their backs. That's amazing. <laughs> that's but that's amazing. like how so you, yeah, were, but that's, you did what? I did later. I had to get to another low. I had to get to like this breaking point of like, no, I do not want to choose between health and happiness. I want to be able to date and also eat quinoa. Like why are they mutually exclusive? And I had to learn to do what you just perfectly described to own it literally to just say, this is who I am. Like you said, I'm not going to judge you. You don't judge me. This food makes me feel great. And then lead by example, as you just described. And then everyone all of a sudden is like, wait, why does she have so much energy? I want your energy. You know, like you, so you just, you did it. And that's so amazing. And it took me a while, but then I did it. But that's what, um, yeah. So what then happened? You graduated and you're feeling like so alone and like sort of like that, but also like feeling great in your body. So what did you do next after graduating and like what got you to that like breakdown and breakthrough? Yeah. Well, well, the the fact is that you can eat as much kale as you want, but again, that stress is going to kill you. That stress is worse for you than anything. And also so so many people get consumed with being the healthiest that that's just, they're constantly grasping on. I have to do this now, this, this, this. And it's like, they're not really even enjoying their life because they're just like, okay, now I wake up and I juice and then I just, and I run 0.5 miles and then I, or however, (sighs) 0.5 wouldn't be enough probably. You run 0.5 miles. I don't know where that came from. Five point five miles, whatever. And then I do this yoga. Well, I'm not judging. Like, <laughs> you want to run point five miles? Call it a day. I, uh, <laughs> I I don't even run point five miles, honestly. But no. there you go. So that may be that's your goal. <laughs> I applaud but no, you. That you can be so consumed with being healthy, and especially if you're like, wow, I feel great. So then maybe it's like better, 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 better. What else? More, um, yeah. But, yeah. Thankfully, I didn't go to that place, which I know is a very hot topic these days. You know, that's what mo- that's what a lot of my audience and my clients come to me with, which is the stress about, do I go paleo? Do I do keto? Do I do vegan? What do I do? And it's like, oh, calm down. And that stress is worse for you. So for me, I learned that like, yeah, I at first eating all the plants 
saved me, healed me. Amazing. But then eventually that stress about being that, that health, not hermit and withdrawing from society and feeling so alone that overrode the kale. Yeah. That overrode the the plants. And so that's when I realized, okay, it's not, you can't just eat kale in your cave, you know, like you need to be able to reintegrate with the world. And I just, I think I don't, I was in culinary school and I was in the comedy classes and and improv and I was just bringing the juice in. And I think after a while, it just clicked that like what you said, I just need to own it. If I own it, then no one's going to have a problem with it because I'm not, I'm I'm just drinking my green juice in the corner. Like who cares? But when I approached it originally, I think with that lack of confidence, with like kind of like, do you mind if I stop at Whole Foods on the way the tailgate like with insecurity it it it, it made yeah. it worse and once I started owning it, it it was totally fine yeah so much I feel of our lives and life choices are coming from this fear of being judged and it's yeah. like and we manifest and that, it. yes you likely like yeah you were being like made fun of like you were being judged but like if we're feeding into like well this fear or the, like the fear of being judged when you could just being like well what do, that's why I always ask like this fear of being judged like a judgment can only have power over you if it's something you believe to be true about yourself so mm-hmm. if somebody else is making fun of you and making you feel bad, like, sure, that doesn't feel feel good. But if you're like, well, do I think this? Like, do I think this is wrong or bad? Or like, what is the point of like, who cares that I'm drinking green juice and that I'm make, making vegan nacho cheese? Like, then if you get to ask yourself, then it doesn't have that weight over you. But if you're ma- feeling like I'm wrong, I'm in the wrong here. I'm the weirdo. I'm not enough. Like, I can never belong because I eat this way. <laughs> then you're the one that's feeding yourself that and believing it. A hundred percent. I couldn't. That was perfect. <laughs> That was me. I'm just like sitting here nodding my head. I mean, yes, I, like this is exactly what I was going through. And then I just, I don't, I don't, I wish there was some aha moment where I'm like, oh, if I just approach it with confidence and own it, all's good. But there wasn't but one moment. That that's I actually how it really shows moment. up though, right? It's usually some <laughs> sort of, like you said, all of a sudden of like, wait, I can drink green juice and be in this club. Like what the fuck's the problem there? Like whatever. Right. It's not right. like, oh, I just want right. confidence. Ding. <laughs> it's yeah, like looking back, Thank we you. can That's say fair. these things. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> there were people out there too. It's like, I get it. It's like, oh, right, just do this. But that's why I try to give that tip of like, the checking in with like a judgment can only have power over me if it's something that I believe to do to be true. So if you are afraid to do something, afraid to say something, afraid of what other people are thinking, then you get to check in and ask yourself, well, what do I believe? And then you can make those choices and be who you are. And again, it's still going to be a little bit uncomfortable and people might say things about you, but you get to keep coming back into what do I believe? Because that's the most important thing. What do you believe? Right. About I yourself? mean, now nothing, nothing, nothing phases me now. Well, also the world caught yeah. up. Now I'm the cool girl, you know, like, wow, look at that people. Like now my uncle who made fun of me is like asking me for <laughs> recipes, you know, like whatever, fine. But even if that wasn't the case, me owning it. would have. Anyway, so you graduated college and it, you did then sign up for a culinary, vegan culinary school. Plus then you're like, what are also at that time, do you move to New York city? You yeah, I moved to New York City and I decided to do the this plant-based culinary school called the Natural Gourmet Institute. It was it recently cl- closed down, but it was like the go-to place for people that want to cook plants. It was they called it um health supportive cooking, which I yeah. think is so lovely. 
And that brought me to New York City, where there's also this amazing comedy scene. Oh, so it wasn't so, like that's what brought you to New Okay, I was yeah. making up. I was making oh, up. Yeah. You it was moved a real culinary for school. comedy, and then we're like doing that online. Very cool. Oh no, I moved for the culinary school, and then also was doing the comedy. So I was, I was like I said, like double dipping like that into the two and different by doing worlds. Comedy at that point, like you're not. Were you not working as a comedy writer anywhere? You're like going and doing stand up. In I the was like doing most competitive yeah, was, comedy place. Yeah, in the world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was fun. I I loved it. I really, I mean, I, and I would bring my stories about being this vegan into the clubs. Like the, the initial story that I started with was when this guy, my high school, my college boyfriend dumped me. He sat me down one day and he said, Talia, I just, I haven't been completely honest with you. And I'm of course thinking like, okay, who is she, you. you know? Yeah. Like, what is this? She blonde brunette? Like what, what's happening? And he's like, I've been eating cheeseburgers behind your back. <laughs> and he dumped me for a cheeseburger. Like he, he, I was, and this was, it was a wonderful joke. It was a whole story. It was the bit that came from my, the depths of my soul that, you know, I used um, comedy to therapize myself, but also it then became one of my greatest lessons, which is you can't force people. So what I was doing was I was this vegan and I was that, you know, dick, vegan. Also, he happened to be a chef. So he was cooking all my food for me and it was amazing. So then he dumps me and I learned you can't force people. Um, you can't because force I, yourself on people. And now I but don't at know that point when you're saying this. So at that point, you're then I'm a vegan. You have to be too sort of thing. So it wasn't oh, like yeah. I'm a vegan. You can do whatever you want. You're like, no, if we're in a relationship, you are vegan. Well, he faked it. He pretended that he really Got wanted it. to be. He didn't have the courage to tell me, actually, I'm happy to eat some kale, but I'd also like to eat right. a cheeseburger. And so there, he, he wasn't a very vocal person in that way. And I also was very insecure. So I was like, we're going down on this dehydrator ship together, you know, like, um, and then we broke up, but he was the cook. So he was cooking all my food for me. So I didn't know how to make my food now. So I was like, I got to go to culinary school to learn how to make this food. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. And I'm dreaming about somebody making me food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was um, really nice. So, okay. So when you're at culinary school, you're doing stand up. you have your like, aha of like, wait, it's okay. I can do this and this. I can have be yeah. these this way and still like hang out in the comedy clubs and do comedy. Totally. And so, and yeah. then you were like, what you kept talking, you said earlier about like going back and forth and like, yeah, where did the like David Letterman opportunity, did that come fairly quickly or did you graduate the school? Yeah, I finished the culinary school and then I did a bunch. I did like an internship in this vegan um, restaurant for a while. And then so you really I were like fully to- in both wor- worlds. And that, yes. In yes. that time too, like, because it's now like you're saying, oh, I need to learn how to cook. So I went to the culinary school or something like that. Did you always feel like a passion of like, this isn't just for me, like I need to share other there's with other people? So the truth is, I don't really have a deep passion for cooking. I've I've realized that, which is uh, great timing is as I'm about to launch <laughs> April, book, April 21st. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no, but the thing is, I realize I have a 
incredible passion for empowering people to take control of their health. And that for many starts in the kitchen. For me, it, it, it is. So I don't think of cooking as this artistic expression. It's not how I enjoy, you know, everyone in culinary school was like a jewelry designer or an artist. Like that was something that was really interesting to me that all of my peers were, were in their past life had been artists in some way, shape or form for the most part. And I really was, there was me. And then there was an NBA basketball player who literally he played for the Knicks. He had, I think he had retired and he um, found the plants and, you you know, to help him with his performance. So he went to culinary school for funsies. So it was like me and him were the only non-artists. And I just saw these people who just loved cooking for the artistry. And I realized that I love cooking for the functionality. I so get that. No, I was the same way too. Cause okay, like, cool. yeah, when I finally did yeah. find the food and, um, but I, I was touring most of the time and so not cooking my own food. And I would come home and I remember like having being home from tour and be like, I want to make this recipe. And I'd like go write down every ingredient and go to the store. And it was like, seems so expensive to make your own food because I didn't really have a pantry of stuff because I was always gone. So I was like, I have to make one recipe. It's like $80. Buy like, all the you know, like, yeah, you just buy every, like, I was so afraid if jar. I didn't have one ingredient. Right. And, like yes, so much stress just like, like that <laughs> it was like something mm -hmm. small you need a teaspoon of this and I'm like oh no I forgot the I orange know. juice or whatever so, like <laughs> yes oh my god so, I've so but, like, been loved there loved food so much I've always loved eating I've always loved like that so that but then yeah. yeah and then when I took the time off after my father passed away I knew I wanted to do something more and then that I had also been into raw food at that time because of it was everything was gluten free and suddenly I could eat cheeses and this mm. that were like that and I became right, we were right. friends with, I was friends with the creators of Cafe Gratitude and so like I got really into oh, like cool. when I came back I left a tour in March because my father passed away and I couldn't like deal anymore and I knew I needed to do something more with my life to like how help other people lived how I was living and like the same rock stars that I was working with were not happy or fulfilled or not eating well or not being taken care of and the road is hard so um I got really into cooking then and then when I created this position as joyologist it did include making all of their food which were vegan and gluten-free um because that again was like at the time mostly feeding me and I yeah. never became fully vegan I would like sometimes eat fish or chicken but like I never I didn't like cooking that stuff and I mostly was plant-based too and that it felt like it was really energy inducing but yeah I remember then like going through times and other people were so like you need to write a cookbook you need to be more about food and I did end up becoming a nutrition like going to nutrition school and other people were always trying to tell me that I needed my food to be my thing because I would eat my food and be like this but for me food was just like like getting through the end. day like I like to cook yeah. and make food because I like to eat delicious food that also makes me feel good and feel good so yes. I totally get what you're saying and that yeah but then it is when like we are humans that need to eat several times a day and if that's the things that's really supporting how you feel then it's a fucking lot of work <laughs> and if you don't know yeah. where to start then I learned oh yeah you don't need to follow these recipes right away or like this yeah like and now I do become super creative in the kitchen and I'm mostly creative when it's like you have the most random things left in your house but you don't want to go to the store like I'm like I'm so creative yes but I totally right. get that like coming from that place of like we're same thing for me it's like I make food because I need to eat it for it to and that I want it to also be delicious <laughs> a million but that's why I'm like I don't percent. focus on like sharing stuff about food I barely even post like sharing my stories and meals and things like that anymore because for me I have always been more drawn to the mindset work and what's happening in your mind 
But yeah, so funny because you do have a cookbook coming out. But that so was that then the point we're jumping ahead. But but I'm like, I'm guessing is that also then what you're trying to do in the cookbook of like make it be easy and fun and approachable and supporting your health for the people that like are how we started of like, well, fuck, we're supposed to, this is supposed to help how we eat, but that's a lot like, where do we start? What do we do? Well, because my, my passion, my burning passion is that you don't have to compromise your happy life for your health, that, that your healthy food and your healthy habits should just weave right into the awesome life you already are building. Like I really do not support compromising your life for your food. The re so because that is what's in my soul, I started this business and I created this book to integrate the two. So the book is divided by situations, which is actually how I started my whole thing with Party My Plants. I started on YouTube, really. And I would make these videos called What to Eat Wednesday. And it was what to eat when you're going to a potluck. What to eat when it's the Super Bowl. What to eat when, you know, it's a blackout. And all my recipes, I was just trying to show people how to fit healthy food that makes you feel good into your everyday life situations. That's how it started because I just wanted to empower people like, yo, like I changed my life from being this like really insecure, depressed, sick person. And you can use this stuff to become whatever you want to be as well. And the book is so cool because it's just an extension of that. So literally, it's divided into situations like what to make when you're cooking for that cutie you swiped right for and don't want to be too bloated to do stuff after dinner. Love it. You know, like stuff like that. What to make when it's brunchy, bitches. That's a section. You know, so like what what to make when it's a warm weather holiday, meaning a poolside cookout or a park barbecue. You know, it's just like some things to make or cook when, you know, you're living I your love life. Because it, it can seem like so stressful. And then especially like not if mm-hmm. it's just for you, but other people involved. OK, I'm going to this potluck. What if they don't have anything that makes me feel good or this? Or, but I don't want them to judge totally. me in my healthy thing. And like, yes. yeah, I'm supposed to, like. So I have a Greek Which pasta salad it, uh, for that one that like won't make you stand out. You know, it just looks like a regular yeah. pasta salad. But hey, there's an extra b- bunch of vegetables in it. And it's made with like chickpea pasta. And the dressing doesn't have gross canola oil in it. Cool. No one's going to like call you out. But you're also going to have food that makes you feel good there. Wins yeah, all around. Yeah, love it. Because yeah, I mean, the human living as a human in this world... <laughs> whether it has to do with food or whatever, as we already talked about, it's like we're constantly living into this fear of being judged of what other people are going to think and the shoulds that I am all about calling out. But that's like, what should I make? What should I be bringing? What should I cook? What should I like? It sounds like you're answering a lot Mm -hmm. of like shoulds, the what to eat when like it's in this thing of like, what should I make for this? What should I make for that? And like, which I'm all about switching that to what do I want? What would feel good to make for Mm -hmm. this? What would be fun to make? And that, but yeah, Mm -hmm. like we are so often just like living into this like fear of not being accepted. Totally. A hundred percent. I could not agree more. Yeah. And and some people are sacrificing their health for that. They'll say yes to going out to the bar when they don't want to, the crappy restaurant, Like it was, it's still sometimes a hard thing for me to be like, no, I don't want to go to that restaurant that I used to be okay with eat with. Cause the last couple of times it actually made my stomach hurt. Even if it's like a somewhat healthy restaurant or it seems like a mix of, cause my partner is not at all like, 
let's be healthier. No, of course, like I'm, you know, like we have relationships with people that are not going to eat the same way as us and you can still have relationships. And it used to be, and like I said, used to meaning like maybe it can still happen of being like a fear Mm -hmm. of saying, can we go to this restaurant instead? Totally. I mean, that's, (laughs) I think, you know, people ask me like, how do I get more willpower? Right. Like, how do I, you know, have more discipline? You know, it's not about willpower or a meal plan or rules or discipline. It's about confidence. Really, it's about owning it. It takes, it's it's not discipline that allows you to tell people, actually, could we go to this restaurant? That's not discipline. That's not a meal plan. That's not even a recipe. That's That's fear of not being accepted is what it is. Fear of not being loved. They're not going to love me anymore. They're not going to want to be my friend. They're not going to want to hang out with me if I say no to this restaurant and actually ask nicely and suggest some other places that may be good. That doesn't even have to be like a total health nut place. Like for me, it's like, oh, I go to this place and I eat an entire huge bowl of French fries and I feel great afterwards. Go to this place Mm -hmm. and I feel terrible. Can we go to this place, guys? Like, it's not even that you have to, like, only go to these, like, small, super healthy restaurants. It's just, again, like, but yeah, like that, it's these choices, these life choices of where can we go out to eat? What can we eat for dinner can give us so much stress because yeah or even offer at ordering a a thing without the butter please the fear yeah being being at the restaurant what you don't want to be that person to think that i'm complicated or that i'm asking or my friend my date to think i'm high maintenance like the amount of people that i've health coached whose bigger struggles are not what do i cook for dinner actually they're like how do i go on a date and order without being that person like yeah that is what I'm allergic to gluten and eggs. Like they like really fuck up my body. And so that means I have to ask a lot. Like now these days, a lot of things are marked, but sometimes not. Or I want to be clear and like, so that's gluten free, right? That's what, and that can definitely show up as high maintenance, even with my partner. Like I think that it still can be annoying Mm -hmm. for him to kind of, but I like ask nicely and whatever. And it's again, that me coming into my confidence and I'm allowed to ask for this. This is going to like, you know, I will get food ordered gluten-free and sometimes it, a lot of times these days it looks too good then I before I take a bite wait for the waiter come back I just want to be sure this is the gluten-free mm-hmm. right that can seem so fucking high maintenance and annoying but that's going to affect how I'm going to feel for the next fucking 10 days and how you're going to mother <laughs> yeah. and how you're going to work and how you're going to and it's whatever. gluten and they accidentally gave me the wrong bun or whatever which has happened like then that's going to affect me but sure. yeah that it's it's it is yeah. it's, it's me still coming up with this fear of what will people think of me? And so then I get to choose, what do I believe? Is this high maintenance or is this me taking the best care of myself? <laughs> exactly. But it's a lot yes. of work. That's what's so, like, yeah, life. Every meal, every so meal. Much, like, not just you what know, we're like, eating. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, true. so I love really that. True. Yeah, you're trying to like, yeah, make it be more fun, more accepting, more like already coming up against these fears that we have in taking care of ourselves. Oh, how dare us? Yeah, I know. And just, you know, I just, the fact that food was really such a catalyst for me changing as a human was so mind blowing to me that I want to inspire others to, that's just such low hanging fruit, (laughs) pun intended, you know, to starting bigger changes in your life. We put things in our body, all day, every day, if we can start improving those things, then our whole life 
outside of the kitchen or the fork can change. So it's just, it's really exciting. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's me, Trisha. I wanted to bring you a brief interruption to tell you about some amazing resources to brighten your day, especially during this time. One, my daily inspiration app. It's called Own Your Awesome. It's available in both the Google Play and Apple app stores. Hundreds of powerful thoughts and affirmations. You can come to at any time to pick a card, to uh, share it, to favorite it, to always come back to. You can also set an alarm in the app so that it reminds you to go pick a card, shift your mindset. Um, I just got one right now and it says, my fears do not stop me. They push me to connect deeper to the truth of who I am. And I also then just got baby steps are steps. Take one today. That's when I need. I'm feeling major resistance and that I don't have enough time to do things so it keeps me from not doing anything. So baby steps are steps. Another amazing resource is I have a 31-day email program that gets you connected to you. I am connected to me. It has you going through all different areas of your life, from what's in your closet, your pantry, your emails, your mind, what brings you joy. It goes through all areas of your life to get reconnected to you, things that are easily for you to do in each day. To learn more about that, P.S. it's only 30 bucks, 33 bucks for 31 days of emails. Go to yourdwellgist.com slash connected. And if you're looking for deeper, more support, I also have a podcast partner at BetterHelp. It's licensed therapy that you can do from your home virtually through a phone call, a video call, or their secure messaging. If you go to trybetterhelp.com slash claimant, you can get 10% off your first month. You go there and it asks you sorts of questions on what you're working on, what you're struggling with, and it'll pair you with a bunch of different counselors to choose from. And then you get to choose from those. It's also easy to change counselors. It's a really great platform. They also offer financial aid and it's already more affordable than traditional therapy. So go to trybetterhelp.com slash claim it. All right. So check out the app, Own Your Awesome. I am connected to me program or better help. Let's get back to the episode. So yeah, so what made you finally choose? So you're again, you finished the program. I love that we're like going still back. That's all what I do because like I'm like really low. Like I'm it. attached to people's store. I'm like, no, nope, we need to connect. Them. No, I love that. <laughs> okay. Let me let me connect those apps. No, this is fantastic. No, it's good. It's like those movies that like, you know, you're you're like on the edge of your seat, but then it pulls out and like zooms in on a thing and pulls you back into the movie and then like ends. And or actually we like started in the beginning, the ending, and we're going back. Very cool. There's no rules cool. on my podcast except me getting to no know rules. all the things I want to know about. <laughs> no, I love that. It's great. That's so good. Okay, so wait, where were so we just in the like, story? I think we're still I... back to like, yeah, you Doing the culinary okay, school, culinary you were doing school, comedy in New York. Yeah. You had meant one point mentioned to do it working for David Letterman. Yeah. So after I did culinary school and then at the time was doing like a ton of improv and stand up, I I wanted to kind of give the I guess the comedy now more of a shot because I had now I'd done culinary school and that was giving that a shot. So now let's give comedy a shot. Cause like I said, I kept going foot in each thing. So I got a job at a juice bar 
where um, I was blending smoothies and Joe Jonas would come in and I'd make his smoothie. And um, I was trying to get this job at David Letterman because I had a few connections from school. And it's a, it was the page program at Letterman. So they open up, you know, certain slots. So I kept, I got my lunch breaks, would call. And just like, I tried for so long to like get in the door at Letterman. And finally, I got that job. And that job involved me every day before the show, standing on a chair in the lobby in front of the audience, 400 people, and pumping them up and telling them in this 10-minute speech, there's no laugh track. You're the laugh track. You know, like maybe at home, when when Letterman says something funny, you might chuckle, you might nod, you might slap your knee, but today it's not going to cut it. We need you to be loud. And it was this whole thing. And then I would go in and watch every show. And as I would watch, I just was like, like enamored by the talent and the production and this whole thing. And and I said to myself, is that where I want to be? If I were to come on this show in a fantasy world, what would I want to be talking about? Would I want to be talking about a movie I was in? Would I, what's the dream here, girlfriend? And finally I said, I want to use my passion for comedy to inspire people to take better care of themselves, to go out there and be the best version of themselves. I don't want to just make them chuckle and then go home unchanged. Mm. And there, I remember the last comedy show I did, it was in a July hot night. And I just had this experience where I got on stage and I did my bits about, you know, being, I was vegan. I was vegan for four years now, more pescatarian. I did this, this bit about like at music festivals, how it's so unfair when all the lines are so long that like people get in the, the veggie burger line, even though they don't want the veggie burger, they just want quick food. And that's like screwing me over. Cause I want the veggie burger. And I did all these bits about like health. And I just remember then a comic came up after me and I realized that like, even though I got laughs, those people were not walking out there any right. different. And I just wanted, I wanted to inspire. I wanted to empower people to change. So I, I started partying my plants from that moment. I quit Letterman wow. and I just started this business because I was, I just, I, it clicked. It was just like, yeah, no. And that's what we like, we also had left off before on that tangent is that you were seeing like you were in culinary school and like, these people had a passion for it and you weren't necessarily like, yeah. I'm going to be the next vegan chef, but that's what it was. So like, great. Okay. No. I learned all this. I do this. And now, but I still like funny. And then like, yeah, you needed all those pieces to come together. Like, yeah, I'm passionate about this, but I'm more passionate about people changing their lives and not like me giving them, serving them the most amazing vegan meal of their life. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I knew it was very clear. I was not meant to be in a kitchen. Like that's, but that's, that takes some fucking gumption to then like leave David Letterman and be like, okay, I'm going to do this. And at that point, had you been, cause also culinary school is much different than, yeah. Like now I'm going to teach people how to take you know, control of their lives. Were you in the like health coaching program at that point yet? Or did that start at the same time? Yes. I did that with culinary Got it. Okay. So then you have that background of like, because they have such a great platform for starting to coach. Because yeah, it is. It can be so scary. So I started as a health coach. Okay. Now, even though I have all this information, how do I be a coach? And yeah, I am nutritional school. We'll put a link. We've both gone to it a month with so many of my other guests too. It's like, they really do a great job of setting you up to like do it your way, but also like here, follow this because they know it's nerve wracking to be of service for the first time like that. Absolutely. A hundred. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It was, it was really, really helpful in setting me up to start 
something. Yeah. Okay. So then you just went full out partying my plans. Yeah. And um, making your videos. You started a podcast pretty early. And are, were you just like, let yeah, me do all the things all that the try to like get people's att- like get through to people? Yeah, I just I mean, I started with video and then I was on a few podcasts and I loved it. And I was like, you know, wow, those people that have podcasts, like they're in people's ears every day. Like, I feel like they're my best friends. And then I was like, wait, I could start a podcast. So I started a podcast and that helped so much. And some TV things happened. I was on Dr. Oz quite a bit. And then eventually, like the book deal happened, which was a long journey. And that was just the ultimate. I mean, those days spent in Barnes and Noble with my yellow legal pad, writing down things from books, just like the one that I have written to bookend this journey with that. Not that it's over, but it's just, uh, it's indescribable. Cause that I think was really the ultimate goal. Cause think about it. I wa- originally I said, I wanted to be a humor writer, right? So this book is just like, it's a humor. It's my humor columns with stories, recipe. It's the whole thing. Love it. So, so excited. Oh, and then cool. also you've now gotten into and I don't know how long you have been doing it, but I feel like in the last year, you've been more gearing yourself towards like motivational speaking. Yeah. So that was, that was like the original, original plan. Like I said, I stopped doing stand up because I said, I want to use my time pretty much on stage. Right. My, my passion for communicating humorously to empower people. But I right. didn't know because how to comedy, do that. Like, I mean, yeah, I you're like making fun that. of your like sort of struggles as a vegan person in these things, but people aren't leaving like, yeah, maybe I better consider eating more plants. Totally. So you wanted to like bring of humor, course. but also hope want people lessons to- and yeah. So how did you people. get into doing it, that? Because that was really hard because it's there are comedy clubs or places where you can go but where it, it i still am trying to figure this out you know to where to go to speak so for a long time i i tried colleges and i the students were into it but the people that pay for it like the administrators were like we don't have a budget for wellness talks wow. which is really a problem <laughs> because the students are hungry for this and information, they, they are genuinely want to better care of themselves, and they're going to be better students. They're going to go about more powerfully out in the world. Yeah, yeah, it's a mess. But the but the the higher ups like don't think it's important to talk about. So I that was I got a bunch of gigs, but it was very hard and discouraging. And then finally, I applied to this college speaking bureau three times. They rejected me because I kept just pushing wellness, wellness. And they were like, listen, if you can speak about other things like women's empowerment, confidence, leadership, you're in. And that's where I really stepped back and said, hold on, what's the thread here? And that's how we started this conversation that it's really about boldness, confidence, authenticity, and owning yourself. That's what provides, you know, your ability to eat the plants and to feel good and to blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, heck yes, I can speak on confidence and boldness and leadership. I've actually been doing that for a long time. Right. It's That's just like reframing it. Yeah. You're just like 
calling it wellness because that was your ultimate goal. But really, as we were talking about, like, yeah, it's confidence of even asking the waiter to check on like this or asking your friends to eat at this restaurant or not, that that all takes confidence. Or like saying no to a happy hour. That is like, you know, or to whatever, like all this stuff is, is about confidence. So I'm like, oh my God, I've been speaking and helping and coaching on confidence this whole damn time. Yeah. So that's what I'm, I'm now moving more into, which I'm really lit up about. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, and it is, it's so funny. Cause yeah, it was, yeah. Like being excited about plants to like realizing how much that affects, like whatever it is, taking care of yourself takes confidence. And taking care of yourself breeds more confidence. Yes. It's like this crazy you know, thing that like one leads to the next, but one also creates the other. I don't even, it's, it's amazing. Okay. Um, before I get into my regular questions, I want to ask about some of like these struggles because you've done a lot of big, bold things and putting yourself out there by starting a podcast, by pitching a book and, you know, and getting the book deal by putting yourself out there to be a public speaker. So let's talk about your own confidence and like the struggles and maybe like doubts and fears you have and how you've been able to keep going and keep pushing. Cause I'm sure you've gotten no's along the way, or you've been afraid oh, to put the ask out there for the fear of no. Cause I'm, we all do. I'm like, I'm guessing you did because like that's humans. <laughs> so how yeah. do you deal with that kind of stuff? And how did you get through it? The two things came to mind as you were saying that one was a, a daily commitment to my why, you know, I, I speak about in my speeches, the movie 50 first dates, where do you know that movie where uh, Drew Barrymore loses her short term memory. So Adam Sandler and her go on like 50 first dates because he, she doesn't right. remember him each date. And they get married, spoiler alert. And, um, he, and she wakes up and doesn't know who her, well, who she is, who her husband is, who her kid is every day. So he makes her a video and it's, he says, Hey, like there's a sticky note on the, t- it's a real VHS. And he says like, watch this before you come downstairs to see us. So she's like, it doesn't know who she is. She watches the tape and it's like, Hey, good morning, Lucy. This is who you are. This is what happened to you. This is what you believe in. This is your family. Da, 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 I'm getting the chills. I, this bugs me. And um, I do that. I don't make a video. That's so fucking good. I love You have to this. remind yourself who you are. Because if I don't do that, which there have been periods of time where I'm like, I'm like too cocky. I'm like, I got it. I got it. I know who I am. And then before I know it, months have gone by and I've let inter- Instagram tell me who I am. <sighs> right? I've let bullshit tell me who I am. And when I'm like unwavering in my commitment to what I am, like I wrote on index cards and I would sit there and be like, Talia, you remember you are here to empower people to take better care of themselves. Like you do that through, you know, X, Y, Z, you do that because blah, 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 like remind, like remember. And it really helps me just I love that so much. And I love, yeah, I love the setting it up with the 51st dates. It's yeah, that's such a great idea. And like, so then, yeah. So do you have, so you said you have them written on index cards. Is this something that you try to like, then look at it every day and like remind yourself of? 
Yeah, I try. I definitely. I, mean, I, I try, try because I'm, I'm sure off, yeah. it's like it's again. Like, sometimes I mean, you get like I'm good. Yeah. I don't yeah. get that, oh, and the then worst. like you're like oh, <laughs> and then it gets worse. I know the hardest part is doing the stuff when you already feel good, yeah. right? <laughs> and then you all of a sudden go it's, exactly. <laughs> So when I do stay committed to that practice and committed to me, who I am inside, then magic happens. Additionally, to answer your question, I find that when I'm not in alignment, I get sick. Mm. Like my body revolts. Do you have the same experience? Well, yeah. And so that's what, um, you know, that's what I, uh, one of the many gifts of having fibromyalgia and chronic illness is that I've said that it's always, I'm so in tune with my body and like, so what I'm feeling. And so even though I don't believe it's a totally like made up things and of course stress like, you know, affects it that, yeah, like it won't even be like my body totally shuts down, but I've gotten so good at tuning into my body so that I can feel I'm more aware of my feelings because I'm more aware of my body. So I can be like, what is this? I feel heavy. Uh-huh. I feel off. I feel like that you can feel like these energies. Like I feel like something's really heavy. I feel like there's some sort of like, you know, like going back and forth in my mind. Like, what is this? What happened? And for me, it can be like, oh yeah, I, you know, quickly read an email and then I went to take care of my kids. And this whole time I've been living in that person doesn't like me. Mm. you know, because of how I quickly read an email, which it could have even been like, I didn't read the whole email or I'm taking the tone wrong or I'm whatever. And that, yeah, like what, or whatever is, or it can be like, I weighs on me right now. Like when I'm putting something off that I know I want to do, but Mm. feels hard, whether it's a conversation or an ask or me getting to fucking work on (laughs) what I want to do that, that, that weighs on me. And I can be like, what's wrong? What's going on? It's like, because you're not doing that thing that you really want to do because you're afraid. Yeah. So. And that's what I like. One other thing where this, this episode is full of things I always say, uh, like, great. <laughs> are they like, on your, are they on mugs and stuff? Pins? Somewhat. Yeah. Like not okay. all of them because some of them are too long, but yeah, I'm like, maybe I need oh. to go back in and reassess. <laughs> but um, like, yeah, a fear has, you know, like it's more work to have a fear than it is to go through it. So like I'm living with this heaviness mm. of this fear of what's going to happen what will they say when I could just make the fucking ask, do the fucking work. And then usually in the doing, I feel so much better. Oh, right. Amazing. It's like, as soon as I yes. send the email that I'm afraid to send, I sometimes even forget that I've sent it. It's like, ah! and I don't um, even like, I might get a no oh or God. never hear back. And I forget. Yes. But otherwise I've been living with this weight of what are they going to say? What will they yes. think of me? Oh my God. <laughs> Um, uh, yes, you said that perfectly. So we'll say that again. A fear, it takes more work to have a fear than it does to move through it. It's so true. And I guess that's been part of my mantra without knowing you with your, without your beautiful words, because my body does not feel good when I'm not aligned and lit up. And I don't know, I've just been able to just move through things with this vision and, you know, I tell myself that rejection is protection is something I learned, which for me, like when I got, I got, you know, originally rejected from getting a book deal and it was brutal and really chat, like they strung me along for a really long time. And like, they, they lured me and they came in, it was Harper Collins. They came into me and were like, Hey, do you want a book deal? And I was like, yeah, I do. We had a meeting. They made me wait a year and then told me no. And it was terrible. And I just had a moment where I was like, you know, something better has to come of there has to be something else, you know, moving on. And I just, I don't know. I just put my, 
one foot in front of the next and kept going with all the no's. I guess I've just been more committed to my truth or my vision or my dream or my why than I've been committed to the, to the fear for the most part. I mean, there are days where I'm a ball mess on the floor. Okay. But the but then majority, you look at your like, post-it cards. Yes, you remember who the fuck you Exactly. <laughs> and maybe that's two months of no post-it cards on the ball on the floor mess. But I'd say the overall trend is a commitment to the vision. And that I think is what breeds success. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's let's it's like again, like there's never it's like the, everybody has these struggles is as much you have good that's going on and you got the book deal in that and it's just like but that doesn't mean that every single day yeah you wake up knowing your purpose and you don't need those cards like <laughs> right yeah. yeah so I just like to bring up that sort of thing because I think it can be like it can be easy from the outside be like oh wow look at all these people that have done these successful things it's like it's not every day isn't a cakewalk and making it happen uh, yes <laughs> I say slightly more days is joyous, but many days is not. But it's just, and that's it. It's a moment to moment thing. It's a constant choosing and like overcoming. Yes. Okay, fear, uh, knocked you down. Now joy. Mm-hmm. Oh, fear. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is literally what it is. It's, yeah. it is. It's, I could, I could experience all those things in one day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then like, I can do it in a couple minutes sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. Perfect. But it's just that come that drive the why, right? Like yeah. it just, it, it just supersedes everything. Yeah. Love okay. it. Okay. Um, so I am going to pull up an image of my keychain phrases. So this is the keychain, but these are all the phrases that go on it. And so I ask everybody to pick not even which phrase they like the most, but which they feel they need right now in their lives as a reminder and why. Definitely the fuck the shoulds do the wants is what came first to mind. And why why are you feeling that one? Well... With this book coming out or out, depending on when this airs, there's a lot of people telling me shoulds, right? You, you should do this to sell the book. You should do that. To You should reach out to this person. You should. Do, do. And it's like, I've really in this past year, because this book is a two-year process. And... Um, you know, it, it was done a year ago. And so it's now been about like ramping up and to get it out into the world. And there's so much pressure and shoulds and voices and opinions. And, and it's really, I've gotten lost along the way. It's been very challenging. So I'm so focused right now on what do I want? What does my heart want? What's my soul want? What does the authentic version of me want? Fuck the shoulds. Blinders on, no shoulds can come into my, you know, site here. It's about the wants. Good, good. You know what I feel? I'm like, that's what I'm writing my first book about. Really? Yeah, that's what the book is about. Like eliminating shoulds from your life and how powerful it can be in all these different areas and how much it really weighs on us all the, like, in every life choice and that, yeah. And phys- physically weighs on yeah. us, like on my chest, yeah. on my back. No, totally. And that's, uh, I gave the word up over 10 years ago, like eliminate it, don't say it, except for when I'm like saying these, like it's a should. Um, but yet I feel the weight of it every single fucking day. 
No way. So, but that's the point is still because I'm so tuned into that show, then I can feel it in my body and be like, what's happening right now? Am I feeling like this is a should or is this a want? Is this, what is this feel, being motivated by? Am I doing this feeling like I should be doing this because of what? Is it because I actually want to or because I'm stuck in comparison because I see everybody else doing this right now because so-and-so is telling me. And so I talk about all the many ways that it weighs on us and how by constantly being tuned into that and eliminated from your life, but you're still going to feel it, that you constantly get to tune in. It gets you like connected to your intuition because then you're asking yourself, what do I want? It could be Mm. turning a should into a want. Like I should do the dishes. Well, why do I want to do the dishes? So asking yourself Mm. more questions because my kitchen feels clean. Great. So I want to do the dishes or it could be, you know what, but I'm really fucking exhausted right now. So I'm going to go to bed and I feel great about my choice that I didn't do the dishes. Mm -hmm. So then I'm not stuck in the should haves and the guilt or guilt feelings and shame because I didn't do it. And I'm such so messy and I'm such a this person because I didn't do the dishes last night and I leave my house messy. So what does that mean about me? Oh God. But I choose that I want to go to bed because that's what's best for me. And then when I see my dishes in the morning, oh, right. I want to do these now. We are constantly being weighed on by shoulds. It affects everything. (laughs) You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> and as I said, like stuff. Like I'm thinking now, like, like what should I say as a response? What's a good thing right? to say as a response to her prolific words? No. What should I say? Just, I don't know. It's just, it could be even doing the same thing, but you're thinking about it deeper. It makes you slow down and think about why you're doing things. What's the motivation? What actually feels right to you and allowing that for a different change? Because otherwise it is, it's like breeding fears, ju- like the fear of judgment, shame, resentment, guilt all of these things from should. So it's just, again, like this feeling, it usually comes up. I should exercise, right? Okay. Well, why do I want to exercise? Right. Because I feel great. Is it because, oh, like that's something I should do five times a week or because like I should be thinner. I should be more active. Why do I want to do it? Mm-hmm. And then, so it's going to, it might come to the same result, but it's shifting your approach. So then you actually like want to do it because you cut your Absolutely. And this is the same with eating plants that, you know, that's why this whole thing is partying in your plants, making it as fun as a party, taking the hell out of healthy because there's no benefit to eating the the greens, if you're feeling that stress that you should do it, yeah. you know, like we, we have to tune in and, and that's where I, I feel bad for people that don't have chronic illness like us because we're so amazing at tuning into our bodies out of survival. Mm-hmm. And it's harder for those who don't know how to tune into their bodies to prioritize the good stuff because they don't in, know those. They can learn, please. I want them to learn. They, but we, out of necessity, have had to learn how food and things make us feel. And when you make the connection between food and things and how they make us feel, that's when you're empowered. And so that's when, like with your exercise example, I exercise pretty much every single day because it's the, it literally is the highlight of my day. I feel them. I feel like I'm on drugs. I've never done drugs, but I imagine that's what it feels like. You know, that's, that's what I, why I exercise because I want to feel that way. And so when you make that connection, then really there's no shoulds as far as this healthy stuff is concerned. And you feel so aligned. I always know why I'm doing things. I'm not resentful for them. I don't feel like this weight on me. Like it's a thing that says again, coming back to, and if it is, if I I can feel a fear or doubt and be like, well, why do I want to do this? Mm -hmm. Do I feel like I should send this email? I should have this conversation? Or no, it's a want because yeah. I want this result. Mm-hmm. Okay, enough about Amazing. me. <laughs> <Mono> no, <laughs> awesome. But um, so what is a go-to you do to raise your joy levels? Sound. 
Uh, exercise. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah. What do I do? go to if I'm feeling... Like it could be like a quick thing or, you know, maybe you're about to go do a talk or you're nervous or have a podcast call or whatever. You're feeling So off. right now I'm really into EFT tapping. Mm. Have you done that? Are you into it? Well, so I'm friends with Jessica Ortner and she oh, was a cool. podcast guest, but yet I still rarely do it. <laughs> But I love it so, I so, just listened so. to her this morning. But, That's so funny. Um, oh, I love it. It has been huge for me in these past few months. I was in a real funk with all this book stuff. I was trying, just like life stuff. And it just... Because it moves your energy. Yeah. And it connects your thoughts to your body, to your energy. And it is phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, I love it. Yeah. Like I said, I don't do it that much. But I also love just even like, yeah, how, you know, she in that podcast, she was talking about how it's like a different thing of like, even though you're trying to change your thoughts, that like there's so much stress leaving your body. So it's moving, like changing that. But mm-hmm. I also just love so much of like the way of thinking, because it's like you're naming something that you don't want to feel or something, right? Yeah. And Eve or like, what, how is, how are they phrased? So you'll and see, like, even, you can start with like, even though, even though there we I go. don't feel yeah. enough, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Yeah. So the you phrasing know? of the, even though, it's, and this, that's I enough think to make you so cry every time. Because that's yes. what I always say is the most powerful way to do an affirmation is to name what it is that you're feeling or believing that you don't want to. And then what you do. So that's, you're doing that plus then you're doing the tapping on the spots to change it. So yeah, I think it's so incredible because it's like you do, you have to pay attention to the negative or the heavy or the things you don't want to be thinking and feeling. And once you name them and then you can allow yourself to like, oh, but I want to believe this to see the other side. Yeah, like before a speaking gig recently, I was driving and you can tap while you have your hands on a wheel. So I was like, even though I feel terrified right now, deeply love myself. And then I was like, what if this, what if this fear is actually excitement? Maybe this fear is excitement wait, am I feeling excited? And I actually was able to transform the fear I was feeling into excitement for the ability to stand on a stage and empower people. Yeah. And I performed the best I ever have because I normally I would just you know go on all crazy, but I like transform it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like next level affirmation. Next level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. I ask everybody to phrase, to apply this phrase to their own life. What is easiest for you is not always what is best for you. So to like, what is easiest for me is to blank. What is best uh, for me? What's easiest for me, I, I guess I would say is to procrastinate or, or, you know, play small or procrastinate. Let's say that. And what is best for your me oh is- oh sorry what's easiest for me is to procrastinate what's best for me is to allow myself the joy of doing the work that that matters to me because it's often that that stuff that as I'm writing it or creating it I'm like flying that I resist the most for some reason Same. do you feel that way am I Same. I'm not alone mm-hmm, no why can you tell me why that is please <laughs> I, I I mean, I can't really. It's just like for me, I just make up. It's this this fear of like, you know, that it's not going to. It's like this thing that we so feel aligned to, but that there must be this fear and this judgment within us. Again, this fear of not being loved, being accepted, that it's not going to be good enough. But yet, like, that's what I was saying. Like, I usually reminding myself that I feel the best in the doing, like, what helps you to be like, just start, just start writing anything, just like whatever. Mm -hmm. And also like the pressure of like this, it's just like, just allow it to come out of you. Start talking, start writing and like, and allowing that to come. 
Yeah. Um, and that's another way um, that, that tapping into shoulds helps is like I said, the cupping of procrastination of like this tapping into, I should be writing mm. then, or like I should I be exercising, to be writing. I should yeah. be doing dishes, whatever it is. And ask that like, if you change the should. So taking, for me, I always try to 95% of the time I feel it works to change, change out the should for a want. So then yeah, you see how yeah. that works. So like, yeah, I want to write. And again, if you're kind of like, but I don't, cause I'm scared, whatever, then you're actually going into it and you're able to see this, but why do I want to write? So it's allowed to ask right. them more questions, but like the change it to want can cut out procrastination. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is that really it? Okay. The last thing is the name of the podcast is claim it. Um, because I believe that our feelings of enoughness, of self-worth, of success, whatever it is, are not out there somewhere. Once I have the book deal, once I have the podcast, once I do this, then I will feel this is bullshit. We'll always be it's chasing it. It's such bullshit. It's, <laughs> I, it is bull to the shit. We'll always be chasing oh, it if we're constantly yes. putting it outside of ourselves. It's something that we have to be claiming for ourselves every single day, sometimes moment to moment. So what are you claiming mm -hmm. for yourself right now? Oh, what am I claiming for myself right now? I guess I'm claiming, I want to say enoughness. That's what just came to my mind, which is like, I think for a long time, I've been chasing things. You know, I've been really striving. I really, you know, YouTube, TV, books, speaking. It's been a lot of like, go, go, go. And now I'm just trying to claim like, <sighs> you know, like contentment and joy and peace that doesn't involve the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I think that is like as someone, you know, we're both passionate people and have creative ideas about things. We won't, both want change to happen in the world. And that's like, so it can seem like then it's like, it doesn't mean we have to not, you know, put ourselves out there and create more things, but to then be, where is it coming from? Is it like, oh, if I do this, I won't have to write the next book because then I'll feel this. It's like, again, right. being like coming from that actual want and why. So you can be okay today if you'd actually do nothing that feels productive. You know, it's like that, like I'm enough today, even if I don't do anything that has to do with those projects because I'm taking care of myself and that's totally. So it's and that like sort of book, balance of like, where yeah. is this desire to do more coming from? And right. also like allowing yourself this peace and contentment in all the flow of it. It's so challenging because like I have this book coming out and all I've been focused on for the past many months is I got to sell so much of the book so I can write the next book. That's been my focus, the next book. I'm like, that's it. This book now just got to sell it to write the next book. And I realized like after a few months of that being my mentality, this fear, it was a fear yeah. of, I don't, I won't get to write another book if I don't sell this. How horrible of a mindset is that to go out into the world with this piece of literature that I'm incredibly proud and passionate about. Right. To, that fear mentality of like this better sell so I can do more. That is exactly what you were just saying the opposite of, you know, that like we will never be happy if we keep searching for more. So I've really had to do a lot of work in the past few months to get my mind on right that like stop with the next book. Just enjoy this one. Enjoy this day. Like it's not about the next thing. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that's, I mean, that's like part of what society breeds into. And so it's like the constantly like, okay, pulling back into like, why do I want to sell this book again? Like, sure. I want to make a second book, but also like, what was even the point of like me making this? Yes, so like reconnecting yes. constantly with 
the why and the commitment of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And just like that 50 first dates video, I, ha- I had a coach tell me to, I have all the photos from the book that we did for the shoot. And she said, reconnect with them. So I have them in my office on a wall. It's just all the photos that are in the book. So I'm, I'm reminding myself of the purpose of this product before focusing on the next one. It's it's similar to that. Like just we have to remind ourselves of like the present. Yeah. Yay. Love it. And I'm so excited for you and this book and all the people. I'm so excited for your book. (laughs) (laughs) All the people that are going to be partying. (laughs) And that's also also, the book is all plant-based recipes. Yeah, so it's really, yeah, it's plant-based recipes, but I talk a lot about how to add not plants to okay. them because again, if we're trying to fit this healthy stuff into our real life, our real life might involve a husband or a child that doesn't just want to eat plants or the person with the book. Like I, or I was just gonna say, or thyself, yeah. like I don't, I eat fish. I don't just eat plants. Now I don't know how to cook fish because we had one day of culinary school that would involve fish. And I bowed out because I was like, I'm a vegan. So I didn't even, I went home. So that's not, not that you have to learn to cook fish in culinary school, but I don't know how to cook fish. My husband's learning for both of us because it creeps me out. It's but anyway, easy, but no, it's same thing. It's been hard for me to like, creepy to cook with anything without plants. It just seems easier. But yeah, I'm the same way where I'm, yeah. I'm still mostly plant-based, but I eat more um, protein, other proteins. Yeah. Than I ever have now, but like, but I still lean mostly on plant-based and sometimes go weeks and months. And so, but it's also, yeah, you can make these plant-based things and then add the, whatever protein you want into it or 90% of the week, maybe you're eating just plants and like, yeah. I mean, to me, the idea of a plant-based diet means one's diet is based mostly in plants. Right. It's not plant exclusive diet. Right. I don't care beyond that at all. What happens? I, this book's just here to help people eat more plants in their real everyday life. Like, I don't care if that means you eat gluten or not or dairy or not or chicken or not. It's just to eat more plants. IRL. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll definitely be putting that link in there to pre-order or order. I think I'll have it come out the same week though. We'll see how you want it. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, all right. Well, any, any last thing you want to say? Ooh, you know what I'm going to say? I'm just going to say this. Say it. I'm working on my next body of work. That's, you know, plants elevate. It's, it's beyond the plants. And I'm just going to flow out this tagline right here. That, that is, that is like, it could go on your keychain or my keychain. I, I want to hear what you think. It is. Don't let the wind blow you. Blow yourself. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it. There you go. That's it. it. That's, that is it. That is, that's the next work. That is what this is. And, and that's what I stand for. It's the same thing as claim it. Just a little, a little different. Blow you yourself. Know? Yeah. And like, the confidence we were talking about and stuff. Is that what you're alluding to? Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Say it one more time. Don't let the wind blow you blow yourself. There we go, people. Final (laughs) 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 words. Yay. Love, love, love her. Go grab her book, Party in Your Plants. I can't wait. Like how cool, what a cool idea. Um, Make eating more plants fun. Again, you can still eat things besides plants. I will have the link for the book 
And for all of Talia's stuff in the show notes, you can find her at partyinmyplants, partyinmypants.com. And you can find me, of course, at yourdualgist.com and at yourdualgist. For all the links and full show notes, go to yourdualgist.com slash podcast. Again, I love, love, love hearing from you guys. Please share the episode. If you share the episode and tag me, I'll probably send you a little gift from my product line. If you leave a review and you send the screenshot to me, podcast at yourdualgist.com, I'll send you a little gift from my product line. I want more people to listen to the podcast and I want to know that you are listening and why you're listening and what you are getting from it. So your feedback does matter to me. All right. So please make sure to download my app. Also, Own Your Awesome, the Daily Inspiration app. Shop my products. And um, let's leave today with the final note of what are you claiming for yourself right now? Maybe you're claiming peace. Maybe you're claiming boldness. Maybe you're claiming that you are enough no matter what you did or did not do today. Maybe you are claiming that you are fulfilled, that you are successful already. Think about it. And again, I love hearing from you. So send me a DM at your joyologist. And um, I'll see you here next week or just keep on listening. Scroll through and find another awesome episode to listen to because there's so many amazing conversations here that I love, love, love having. All right.